Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. Hello everyone, I am Katie Petrick, joined as always by David Fiorazzo. David, how's it going today? Great. Well, I'm Hello. about to change that. That's all, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's get irritated. <laughs> because today, a father of a seven-year-old in Canada unleashes some truth bombs on an area school board after he discovers the sexual agenda they are working hard to normalize in the minds of young children. David, all this right. isn't America. This is Canada, but hey, well, it's, it's also... North, North America. North America, as yes. Some might refer to as the West <laughs> or the, the oh, Christianized West. Not anymore. I mean, that's what they're referring to. So anyway, this man is from Romania, and we've got a couple of videos. You will hear an accent, but here's the headline. Who's interested in knowing my daughter's sexual orientation? Father unleashes on school board about sexual content in books for seven-year-olds. Before we jump into the story, let's watch the video. Back in March, between March 22nd and April 8th last year, there was a survey called Have Your Say Survey. This was part of the strategic planning that was done. Among people being invited to participate, students in grade four to 12, and I quote directly from the survey, what is your sexual orientation? Who's interested in knowing the sexual orientation of my daughter? She's in grade four. She was invited to take part of the survey. I, grade I, four? I'm not raising my hand because I'm interested. I know the answer to who's interested in the sexual orientation of his daughter. The groomers. And it's the, the groomers. It's, yeah. it's anyone who is a part of the education system who wants to focus on anything but education. Not the people who want to focus on teaching, reading, writing, math, history. It's those other people who want to focus on anything else, sexualization, uh, any activism in schools, social justice, activism. social justice, environmentalism, any of the isms. If they want to focus on the isms, those are That's your people. Right. It's the cult of DEI. Mm -hmm. So I didn't hear too thick of an accent, um, and this could be any American father, because again, I guess I realize that there's a difference when you when you say what grade a child is and how old they are, right? It's always like, wow, really? And because we we who have been out of school for a long time <laughs> forget what age you are at a certain grade level. But when you're getting down into fourth grade, right? It's like, okay, this stuff, and it's the it's the DEI. That's well, why they're asking. They want to know. And and the thing is, the book that they're talking about we're going to talk about this in a moment first off the dad's name is david toter i think that's how he pronounces it um and he's at the his daughter attends the waterloo region district which is waterloo ontario canada and he was there to also to talk about a book that we'll get to in a moment but his daughter is seven but the book that they approved which is the bluest eye by tony morrison is actually approved for the fourth and fifth grade seven-year-olds are like second grade so which is even younger. Oh, that's right. Yeah, fourth oh, grade, you're, you're going, you know, nine, eight, nine, ten for the fifth grade part, 10, 11. So if you're a seven-year-old, you're probably a either first to second grader, oh, depending Lord. on when your birthday falls, right? So he also was talking, in addition to, you know, who wanting to know the sexual orientation, is specifically he actually reads 
a quote that comes from the bluest eye. This morning, I accessed a book. I can assure you that this book has been approved and is accessible to my daughter, the one that's seven years old, by the way. I have access to this book. I'm going to read you a little passage from this book because if it's good enough for her to access it, it's good enough to be read over here. And this book is approved according to the Waterloo District School Board for ages for grade four to five reading level. He could have been an active homosexual but lacked the courage. Bestiality did not occur to him and sodomy was quite out of the question for he did not experience sustained erections and could not endure the thought of somebody else's. And since he was too different to confront homosexuality, and since little boys were insulting, scary, and stubborn, he further limited his interest to little girls. They were usually manageable and frequently seductive. That's The Bluest Eye, a book that my daughter can access. Oh, gosh. You know, I mean, we're not surprised by this, and it has been going on for years. Some of this just comes out now because parent, more parents are saying, wait a minute, if I don't speak up, who's going to speak up? But it's, it is a, what is it? It's, it's a national bestseller. I'm mean, over on Amazon, over 11,000 ratings, and they're like four, to, four and five star ratings for this. So you know how popular this garbage is, but... He made it, and this is the point, friends. It's not, it's bad enough that some teachers are putting this into the curriculum and they are teaching or asking or, or encouraging your kids in a certain direction. But this stuff, if it's not in the curriculum, other things like this are available. Very key point that it's available to young kids at that level. And I think where you said that right at the end is available to young kids. So I'm not, I am for free speech. I am okay in terms of uh, the like students being able to access controversial topics not inappropriate though to their like mental capabilities to what should be at their own level you should not be having any conversation like that even more so to anyone that young but to just have it widely available in it for it to be in the curriculum even even at grades four or five or level four or five whatever that means for canada um that's what I, where I'm like, absolutely not. You cannot do this. Because there, I mean, there are a lot of books like To Kill a Mockingbird, which are controversial books as well. So it's like you have to look at it on an individual basis as to what these books are containing. This has no rhyme or reason for it to be in any school no. library for elementary-aged students. It right. just doesn't. Well, if you talk about education, the purpose of the education system, and talk about what kids should be learning yes this doesn't have any business but um a teacher brought attention to the school books in the library the the video was taken down he explained and he said it seems like the entire database on youtube was wiped but i did see the video he was asked like during an interview so th this again they're going to cover up nothing to see here move along we'll take it but they're not going to change i don't believe it's, it's extremely rare when, the, when a school says, okay, we were wrong, let's change the policy. Can you imagine that coming out of an educator's mouth? Um, yeah, you're right, good point. We're, we were wrong about that. It shouldn't have been up there. We're going to change the policy. I mean, how many times? I've never heard that. Well, yeah, and this is, this is he was talking in reference to, to the greater availability of meetings in general being available online. online. And so since it had something that made maybe the trustees 
look like it wasn't positive for them, <laughs> then they're like, oh, go to, to, let's just get it out of the way. Well, anyway. I say every classroom needs to have an, a camera in there and it should be available to parents to be able to tune into at any time they want. All right. Anyway, still to come, one California school district claims at least 6% of their students identify as transgender, more than 4.3 times the national average. What's going on in, out there on the left coast? We'll talk about that next. Yep, here we are at the Davis Joint Unified School District in California. Yet again, they're back in the news, and this time, according to data that was analyzed from Reality's Last Stand, an average of 6% of surveyed students identified as neither male nor female during the 2020-2021 school year. Now, given the nature of the survey in question, this number didn't include students who identified as the opposite sex, okay? So the analysis found that this floor estimate, which they're saying this is the bottom, like this is the bottom, it could be more. This floor estimate is nearly 4.3 times the national average and three times California's average. So, of course, David, you're saying, what is going on in this specific school district? Yeah. Well, we do know. We do. Uh, we, 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 we've talked about them before, and basically that their, their focus is the sexualization of children, is the focus on everything other than education itself. Now, according to the 2020-2021 main report of the California Healthy Kids Survey, 1,443 students in grades 7, 9, and 11 were surveyed by the secondary schools in that school district. Grades 7, 9, and 11. All right, so think about the ages of those students. Huh. Here are the actual results. When they were asked, what is your gender? You could answer male, you could answer female, you could answer non-binary, or you could, you know, something else. <laughs> something else. <laughs> That's simple enough for non-binary, right? Why? Oh, okay. I'm sure they're going to, the people are going to have a fit that they didn't include their specific gender that they claim to be a gender, which is not really true. But let's look at the data. You know, grade seven, grade nine, grade 11, and then they have the non-track students, um, and it looks like, yeah, you average it out. These kids are saying, yeah, I'm non-binary or I'm something else. They don't even know what they are. And if I know wow. this is small numbers, but if even the seventh grade class was just 100 kids, six of those kids are saying they are not male or female. How, how could six of them, and that's just the low number. That's not even yeah. the, the high number, but like three and three. Like how could six of them being like, no, I don't know what I am. When did we get to this point, David? Well, that's another thing. We don't know how big these classes are, just as grade seven, grade eight, grade nine. You know, grade they're, yeah, they're going to be huge. I mean, what? It, it's so, a, it's, is this a district? This is the whole district. The whole district. Yep. All right. Well, it is California. I'll say that. Um, <laughs> that <laughs> and is true. The scary thing is, we used to make a joke about it. Um, Remember, the, you know, the, the commercials, the infamous commercials, what happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas. Well, when it comes to indoctrination and curriculum and all this stuff what happens in california doesn't stay in california it's so we've seen this across the country we've seen this in different places it's small towns uh, do we have to mention again this town of 4000 in wisconsin 
um, that had uh, kids suspended. I think it was the seventh or eighth grade. It was, or was it junior high? Anyway, either one, uh, they were suspended for mis, not using the right pronouns. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are small towns. So back to this survey, you know, this is non-binary. Some ages, seventh grade, can they even explain what that is? Adults can't explain what a woman is, so no, and that's the point. <laughs> well, you're talking about a Supreme Court justice. Yeah, that is well. All right, well, another question that they asked was saying that some people describe themselves as transgender when how they think or feel about their gender is different from the sex they were assigned at birth. Assigned. The question is, are you <laughs> transgender? And so you could say, no, I am not. Yes, I am. Or I'm not sure if I am transgender and now you look at the percentages where you're thinking in your head oh great 90 percent of them seventh grade or 91 percent of the ninth grader 94 percent of the 11th graders no i'm not transgender you're wondering why is that not 100 percent? well it's because we also had kids not they declined to respond which means maybe they would just get lumped in the i'm not sure category but you had two percent Two percent and two percent on average for each of the grades saying yes i am transgender which means two out of every hundred kids are saying yep i'm transgender or you have in the seventh grade four percent ninth grade three percent eleventh grade three percent saying i'm not sure if i'm transgender which means mm. that's a that's a statistic some of those teachers are going to hone in on and be like all right these are the ones I'm converting over the easiest. I got to get them. I'm close because they're not sure. So they're going to take them over and right. make sure they come to, the, come to their Just side. Just a little bit more encouragement down exactly. the road of transgenderism there. The decline to respond is an interesting um, category or interesting option here. And I'm wondering how the teachers or the district will look at those who decline to respond. Are they rebellious? Are, they, are those Christian families? Are those just you know, free speech, none of your business, <laughs> decline to respond. That, and that's grade seven and nine. That's interesting yeah. for, for that age. Well, let's remember demographics within the school district is according, at least to the, the data they collected, a more majority of those students are white. They come from upper middle class backgrounds and more than 80% of the parents had obtained college degrees. How dare you? So you can, based on everything we've learned over the course of how many years of doing this show understand where where these people are in the city of davis which is where the district primarily is democrat voters outnumbered republican voters six to one in the 2020 presidential election so there's that so uh there's that yep, we're gonna head across the country <laughs> though when we come back because the city of cambridge massachusetts is uh hosting and did host a youth sports event for kindergarten through fifth grade children who are girlic x girl x what yeah we're going to talk about this insanity and what the you know what they basically qualify as being girl x when we come back today's show is sponsored by our friends at my pillow save up to 66 percent on pristine quality bedding towels slippers signature pillows and much more when you use the code educated that's e-d-u-c-a-t-e-d educated Support this show and a great American company. Cambridge, Massachusetts, home to the Harvard. Well, now they are hosting an event, hosted, I guess, at this point, a youth sports event for Girl X. 
Girl X, not just girls. Girl X. You you ever you may have seen X attached to words before, like Latinx or is it Latinx? I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it. I'm not allowed to pronounce it anyway. So for those of us that have that aren't up to speed on this throwing an X around in a word, does that mean X girl? Or ex-Latin, ex-girl. In other words, it used to be a girl, now it's... What does that mean? What is girl ex... Precisely. The city announced that it was going to host, and they did do that. They hosted a free event for elementary school children from kindergarten through fifth grade. And the event was open to girl ex, who want to get involved in local sports. So... They specifically for the girl X, and this can, when they talk about Latinx too, it's kind of this same sort of thing. It's the identification of, not the a- actual like reality of. So the city defined the, the word itself, girl X, as all who identify as girl or with girlhood, which on its own now is this new phrase that's taking hold. Any of these men who are dressing up as women, and specifically girls, men who are dressing up as girls. Not women, but girls? But girls. And they talk about their girlhood. Like that actor man who changed over and we talked about him. And now he just had surgery on things. It, he, <laughs> he talks about being girlhood. Not being womanhood, girlhood. And oh, that's gosh. its own. See, it's that's, all it's creeping a, down. Well, speaking of creeping, of that's things. got its own level of creep. Yes. This, this is true. Anyway, so the event was open to the girl X who wanted to uh, get involved. Uh, even if they weren't a girl, they could just have girlhood. And according to the announcement for it, you know, they wrote, did you know that girl X who plays sports are more likely to have better grades, high levels of confidence, and develop the critical skills necessary for success in the workplace? Get out the shovels. The fun free event is for families with girl X. Anyone who identifies as a girl or with girl girlhood in kindergarten through fifth grade it's an opportunity for girl x to explore new sports learn about existing teams and enjoy prizes pizza games and hands-on demonstrations i don't want to know what the hands-on demonstrations were the event uh (laughs) was scheduled to be at the war memorial field house which i can't even believe we can call anything a war memorial at this point wow it was a rec center near the campus of harvard yeah (laughs) It was sponsored by the Cambridge Commission on the Status of Women. Status of Women? What does that mean? Why is this? There's a status of women? Okay, there are women and there are not women. There's the status of women. The Office of the Mayor and the Department of Human Services Programs, of course. And as you know, there was a flyer, as we talked about. Um, Some of the sports were listed that girls got to try. uh, Basketball. Cheerleading. Cheerleading, wait. How okay, go dare ahead. they only have cheerleading on for girl acts? How dare uh, they? Football, hockey, lacrosse, soccer, and softball, among others. Which, to me, I'm like, where's baseball? How come I can't play baseball? How come it has to be softball? I, I carried this argument through when I was in fifth grade, why I had to switch over from playing baseball to be on the girls' softball team. Why couldn't I keep playing baseball? <laughs> now, nowadays, girl X, I could be like, I'm girl X, so I get to. If only this was round in my day. I see in sentences very close to each other, girl X and hockey, and they just, football, they just don't go together. And boy, am I sexist for saying that. But back to that, what they put out, the city of Cambridge put out, um, one line really is confusing to me. 
It's this is open the sports night for girl X open to all those who identify as girls or with girlhood. So if you identify with girlhood, there are some pedophiles and rapists, I'm sure, that identify with girlhood. Um, this is just this is creepy. It's dark. It's how did we get here and how is this allowed K through fifth grade? Emphasis on that, this thing going out. Girls K through fifth grade, oh, and their families, are invited to learn about this. Katie, mm -hmm. this, we're reaching new levels, not surprisingly, but new levels of low and depravity. Oh, yes, we're there. Yeah. Now, we still have more to come, though, don't you worry, because one of the most prestigious technology universities in the world has developed a video game that teaches players how to stop a white woman from harassing a Muslim on a plane. Yep, we're going to talk about that next. If you have a smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Apple TV, consider downloading the Freedom Project media app. It's 100% free and includes all of our weekly shows, plus lecture series, archive programs, and award-winning animated videos for families like the Presidential Minute, Battles of America, and Heroes of the West. Don't rely on the social media giants to keep you informed. Simply download the Freedom Project media app from your app store and allow notifications. And we'll let you know when a new video is ready. Hey, we are now moving along to a video game. Uh, this is MIT, um, it, and it gets players to confront white Midwestern woman aboard airplane over her simulated xenophobia. Okay, so what is this all about? What's MIT? Uh, it's Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Not sure how far that is from Boston Harbor, but anyway. Uh, researchers has, have developed this video game where players can virtually signal their virtue, okay? Um, one academic has expressed optimism that this game signals an opportunity in the virtual space to inoculate users against purportedly discriminatory, discriminatory ways of thinking. So th th it's on a plane, this virtual reality game. It pits a fictional antagonist, Marianne, a Midwestern white woman, parenthetically inserted there, with limited exposure to different cultures and customs. Shame, shame you not being exposed to world religions and customs and other things against Sarah. So we've got, geez, we've got a Muslim, apparently a Muslim woman named Sarah wearing a hijab, hijabi whose immigrant parents evidently have afforded her greater cultural knowledge and relative innocence. This is just twisted from the start. And these, I don't, I don't want to call it stereotypes. What, what do you think, Katie? This is stereotypes. So the researchers, <laughs> Kegler, Yildirim, and Fox Harrell, they made they wrote an entire paper on it because they made up this entire game called on the plane and just like you said you have marianne and then you have sarah and so they're being pitted against each other and basically based on the choices that you choose it determines 
you know, like how it gets carried out, like mm -hmm. any of these video games have. Okay. Um, and again, they wrote an entire paper about it and made, actually, you can see, made the video game. Now, they are uh, both with the Computer Science and Artificial Intelligence Laboratory at MIT. And they suggested in that paper that computationally supported role-playing games have the potential to promote successful perspective taking. So two very big nerds. I'm going to translate this for most common folk. <laughs> Two very big computer nerds decided they wanted to jump in the ring of, hey, we all have to be inclusive. And so they did their best, and they decided to make it an airplane game to see how people can learn about culture and make good choices in a video game. And that's supposed to make the world a better place. Oh, gosh. That's what they're trying to do here. Again, they said that you, your players can assume either the perspective of Marianne, Sarah, or... They also could be the uh, flight attendant who is more or less, according to this article, a uh, empty vessel and bystander. Okay, so you get to, you, so you can be, if you're like, oh, I don't want to take one of the roles, I just don't know, and you just kind of want to listen in and embrace it and really begin to think about it. You can be the empty vessel bystander that is the flight attendant. Empty vessel? That's what it says, flight empty attendant, vessel. Flight attendant, I won't go into that. Yeah. All right, so, <laughs> so basically... You get to pick that, and then, again, of course, they're saying, well, Marianne is an in-group member, and that makes Sarah, like, an out-of-group member. And so it's like, how, based on your choices, how are you going to come out in the end, and how much are you going to learn about how we can be all-inclusive? But it's so stereotypical. Garbage. That's, that's garbage. That's what we get out of MIT at least, I guess, now. Well, at the very end of the article, it talks about... Um, uh, just a 2018 paper published in the Journal of Law and Biosciences suggests that virtual reality might hold the key to substantial and feasible bias reduction in the courtroom. And also it says amid the BLM riots in 2020, a company called Live in Their World began offering a virtual reality bias and incivility training course to various companies whereby employees would put on the perspectives of black and female characters and just throw a lesbian in there as well too and and pro-choice and go on down the leftist um, agenda but anyway it, it, this thing virtual reality yeah that's going to save that's going to save a lot of people a lot of time and it's going to be a good teaching method i doubt it <laughs> Bingo. All right. Well, if you are a fan of the show, please, uh, you know, do what you need to do right now by liking, commenting, and sharing this show. Do what you must do. If you're watching us on social media. Now, for David and myself, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And thank you for supporting what we do. Until next time, stay educated. Educated is directed and produced by Mike Menzel. Hosted by Katie Petrick and David Fiorazzo. Makeup and hair by Katie Scholl. Graphics designed by Dan Kaler. Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. See other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project Media app. Copyright 2023.